This TFMR podcast is brought to you by your friends at JM Bullion. Visit jmbullion.com for all your gold and silver bullion needs. Well, greetings out there to TFMR. Hey, it is your, uh, I guess this is your second Thursday conversation of the year now that I think about it. Uh, but it's the first time we've had back our old friend Tom Luongo. Uh, many of you have grown familiar with Tom over the years. I mean, he likes to call himself an original turdite. First found TFMR uh, through Zero Hedge and the old Blogspot site. And man, Tom has picked it up and run with it. And he now has his own very influential site uh, at either goldgoatsandguns.com or tomluongo.me. You see Tom now, he's quoted and he is interviewed and he is a very well-respected voice in our space. And again, I'm just, I just feel fortunate to consider him a friend. So Tom, uh, it's time to talk 2023. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Craig. And uh, how am I supposed to live up to an introduction like that? Thank you very much. <laughs> I get those every once in a while too. And you're like, well, you can just keep going if you want. Just, you know. <laughs> I'll just be quiet. You can talk. But anyway, t- I don't tell know, everybody. Get you everywhere, dude. Like, you know, it's not that tough, right? <laughs> well, and, and before we get started, tell everybody about what you do, how they become a patron at your site, that kind of thing. Sure. You can go to Patreon slash Gold Goats and Guns. Uh, it's an, Gold Goats and Guns with, with an N, not an and. Um, you know, and we, or you can go to the site. There's a, there's a thing over there. Just look for the goat saying, hey, become a patron. Um, what we do is we publish a monthly newsletter. It's a retail investor style newsletter with a with a portfolio and you know performance and all the rest of it and and all original material by myself and my partner Dexter K White. And then you know uh, and we also I also do twice weekly basically Wednesday and Sunday conversations with my patrons where I also do not just uh, you know kind of fifteen or twenty minutes worth of ranting but also hardcore chart reads on all the strategic markets. So gold and silver and the Dow and anything my patrons ask me for. So, you know, I'll do bespoke chart reads for them and, and, you know, all that and go over the offshore dollar markets and, you know, try and keep the whole thing as one big cohesive narrative about what I think is happening in the markets. It's, it's, it's immensely important just for my, I don't know about you, but for myself, like yeah. doing them keeps your hand in it on a daily basis. It's really important that you, you're right. And you record your thoughts on it regularly otherwise you get stale well that's true and i and i again people have heard me stress for now over a decade but particularly in the last couple weeks how important it is this year to think for yourself yeah and get your own sources of information and then digest you don't just take what they're shoveling you um and i gotta add i I, tom would be one of my favorite guys to share a glass of whiskey with but how can you go wrong hanging out with a guy by the name of dexter k white no you can't no that's a where were you? Well, I was down at the bar with Dexter K. White. That's right. And I, I, uh, yeah, and Dexter's a, an uncommon. You think I'm an uncommon mind? Like that guy. That guy keeps me on my toes on a daily basis. So that, that beats um, the yeah. pants. Why out it's, it's why it's a good partnership. It always has. It's why. It's yeah. Well, it beats the pants out of hanging out with Craig Hemke. Dexter K. White <laughs> is somebody I want to spend some time with. Um, that's why I still call you Turd Ferguson, dude. Are you well, I, there you go. Yeah, no, good point. <laughs> I do like hanging out with a guy by the name of Turd Ferguson. That's freaking hilarious. <laughs> that That's who you want to meet in the bar. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Not just some slumped over old gray-haired man like me. Um, all right, Tom, uh, let's dive in. Like I said, it is vitally important 
Um, I, again, it always is, but it's even particularly this year because everybody, all the media, all the mainstream media, everybody's singing from the same hymnal. And anybody yep. that suggests any alternate path going forward, you know, you still look like you're, you know, what? How? No, it's not what the mainstream says. Right. So, Tom, you have been on, you have been leading the chart. You've been at the forefront in thinking mm-hmm. about the Fed and the ECB, mm-hmm. where all this is ultimately headed. Um, uh, in the even in the short term, going back, you know, a, a full year at least now. Um, now I have been banging the drum, talking about you know the economy going to the toilet, and the Fed having to choose the economy over whatever their other agenda is, and how they've done this before, and they're going to do it again. But nobody wants to hear that from me. They want to hear from you what you think. So where do you think all this heads this year? Let's start there. Um, I'm more in agreement with Martin Armstrong that we're not going to have a recession this year. I think yeah. we're going to have stagflation. We're going to have slow growth and negative real growth, but negative, but positive nominal growth and high inflation. I think that's where we're headed. Um, I think it's pretty clear that we had a, a massive credit boom in 2022. We still have too much spending on Capitol Hill. That's not going to change in the first half of this year. So I think nominal GDP growth is kind of baked into the pie. Now, we're, are we going to have some asset deflation here and there? Oh, absolutely. Are we going to, uh, is unemployment going to stay at three and a half percent? No, it's not. But, you know, does, but is inflation going to stay at 7%? <laughs> no, it's not. Right. It's going to be, it's, we're already seeing it. Like Craig, you and I are recording this on Thursday. What happened this morning? You're, you're, you're a metals futures kind of guy. What was the big thing that popped out to you this morning? I don't know what popped out to me. Copper over $4 a pound. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Copper yeah. pop but as a daily breakout, as a breakout on the daily charts, a breakout on the weekly charts. And yep. if you look at the at the I didn't even I, I meant to do this and I didn't. I just realized it this morning the monthly chart threw a one bar, you know, bullish reversal in November. Like we had a bottom in copper in November. And copper was telling you, just like silver, that we're done with this mon- uh, this metals deflation. And then let's go one step further. Why are the why are the strategic um assets like gold, like copper like silver and others why are they starting to bottom because why are they, Tom? Gear- because because everyone's gearing up for war hmm. no that's yeah and how and about china, Congress china wants to spend a whole lot of, and then the chinese are coming back online i think it's going to take about six weeks or so for the chinese to to really ramp up because i think COVID is going to rip through them for a while and it's going to take six to eight weeks for them to, to get through the the big you know Omicron 2.0 wave that they're dealing with, or whatever the hell they're calling it this week. Um, but then once China is done with that, I think that whole economy comes back. Like I, I think everybody's kind of gotten too complacent about the idea of what happens about what the world economy looks like right now. They forgot what happens when the Chinese actually open up the spigots again, and we're going to find out just who the marginal consumer in the world is. So maybe are, the are Chinese. You, are you saying, Tom, that perhaps? This year will be a year not dominated by the Fed, where what the Fed says is not, you know, monitored on a daily friggin' basis. It's other things that will drive things. Oh, well, no. I mean, I, th- I still think that everybody is going to be pushing the narrative that the Fed is the entire market. Because remember, if I'm right about Fed versus Davos, like we got AOC out there this morning, you know, urging the president to revoke the, the, the Federal Reserve's charter and to recall. Jerome Powell, which by the way, they can't do. Without, <laughs> wait, like, wait a second. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. No, that was out there this morning. Yeah. The the squad is now out there trying to trying to they they want to destroy the federal. Well, they've already they did they they, they tried, they floated this idea before the end of the year that they wanted to collapse the Fed into five districts from 12. Um so yeah, no, there's 
the, the, this is so clear. I mean, I hate to keep prefacing this with, I, I, if I'm right about the Fed versus Davos. No, I'm right that the Fed is opposing Davos. I just need everybody else to get on board with it and put it into the zeitgeist and support Powell going all Terminator on freaking Klaus von Tommy schnitzel. This is what needs to happen. But, you know, we're not quite there yet. Okay, so the, everybody still believes in the Fed put. I'm telling you, that's not happening. Devalorization, right, Greg, is happening so fast. That the Fed can't, they cannot, they cannot pivot at five so, and a half. Right, they can't hold pivot. on, hold on. Let's let's back up for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to remind, I want you to remind everybody what, in the simplest terms, what does that mean? The Fed is taking on Davos because you you say that you, and I think a lot of people nod their head, but they don't know exactly what you're talking about. So, can you describe that? Sure. I, I look at Davos as the roughly the European-centered old money around the old European banks, like the Rothschild, Rockefeller banks, and whatever you know. Then pick your pick your poison on City of London and the Zurich banks, and you know the the German banks and the Italian banks and whatnot. Versus the American banks and the non-Davos banks in uh, City of London. And there are some. There's a split within City of London as much as there is a split within Wall Street. Okay, The Fed is, rep- represents those banks. And the people who are the most vulnerable to a, the kind of rate shock that we have seen over the last 12 months with the Federal Reserve, or nine months with the Federal Reserve, and the fastest rate hike cycle in history by an order of magnitude, or mm-hmm. if I, you know, twice as fast as it's ever raised rates, even Volcker didn't raise rates this fast, is Europe and those banks. They're the ones that whose the center of their power is the offshore leveraged euro dollar markets, the offshore dollar markets, the leverage that they have within the euro dollar markets. Raising rates on those banks affects them disproportionately versus American banks. Whereas, moreover, when you stop to look at the way the Fed has uh, set themselves up with their the tools that they have. They have $2 trillion sitting in the reverse repo facility, yeah. and they've got $5 trillion of treasuries on their balance sheet. If the American banks need either thing, they either need high-quality collateral or they need liquidity, they can get it from the Federal Reserve. So hold on. All right. So let's then take this then a little further. You're talking about inflation coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Only for a little while. I think it's about done. Right. So isn't there, I mean, what do you think? I mean, can the Fed, will the Fed uh, look at that to get it, the CPI starts coming in well below the Fed funds rate, you know, a couple hundred basis points below the Fed. I don't funds. think that's going to happen. I think it's going to stop between six. I think it's going to stop in the first quarter. I think it's going to come down to about six and a half, six, seven percent. And it's going to start rising. Again. Okay. What if, what if all, you know, the, an unrecognized, undeniable, hmm. uh, fully recognized, I mean, you can't say it's not a recession appears. What do they do? Um, they Going continue. into an election year. They continue. They have they to continue because if they don't do this, de-dollarization will cause hyperinflation. If they pivot, it will, we will have hyperinflation here in the United States. Right. Period. Trapped. Trapped. They have to keep raising rates. Meaning we have a Fed that is not the same as the Fed that you and I uh, first got into each well, other's That's world. for sure. Right. It's no longer Egghead Bernanke. It's no longer Davos Mama Mama Yellen, the little Davos, Davos troll Janet Yellen, probably mm-hmm. the dumbest person to ever be Federal Reserve Chair. And I know and I don't mean that. No disagreement. And I and I don't mean that. I mean I mean absolutely all the disrespect. She's stupid. She's not smart. She's dumb. Like I've met I've seen I've seen smart people act 
dumb in a position of power. And then I've seen Janet Yellen. <laughs> and she's not, I mean, Bernanke is a smart guy. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to get into a chess match with Bernanke, right? He's a smart guy. Yellen? No, no, I'm I'm playing Go against Yellen every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and I'm doing it for money. And I'm a terrible Go player. Like, you know, like, let's come on, let's sit down at the poker table. I've got you. I'm uh, uh, Janet, you're in trouble because I'm not even sure she can do a proper like you know odds calculation. I'm dead serious. I just don't think she's very bright. But I think she's you know perfectly. I think she's a, a perfect example of a person who's you know led a life of of uh, privilege. Yeah, being um. Uh, you know, willing to do and say whatever it is that she was told to do. Born on third base and think she hit a triple yeah. uh, and promoted a diversity mm-hmm. higher in a way, promoted up the Fed for Ooh. 50 years. Um, but t- Tom, what if what if the economy is so demonstrably bad? You know, you're printing even even I think that's 2024, US, 2025, Craig. This but I don't year. think it's 2023. But they start printing negative jobs reports. I mean, all those PMIs, even the Fed PMIs are all negative. What if, you know, by March and April, you know, even the BLSBS is coming in negative? Yeah, I, I still think that the Fed doesn't have a choice. I think okay. that if you start, if, 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 I'm, if we're right about what we're seeing in the impulse here with industrial metals leading the next wave of inflation, I don't think the Fed has any choice. If the Fed pivots, they lose what credibility they've earned back right. by raising four and a half percent. Right. We are in the loss of institutional confidence phase of the inflation cycle. Not it does not about cost push, it's not about demand pull. It's about the same thing that Volcker faced. It's is the dollar going to survive? Is the Fed even a an institution anybody should listen to? And how else are they going to retain or regain the credibility of the markets? The fact that everybody is no, no offense. The fact that everybody, that so many people have your position, which is that they've always pivoted in the past, mm-hmm. right? That's telling you that that's the dominant argument. Yeah. That, the fact that that's there tells you that the Fed has zero credibility. And because the Fed has zero credibility, you have to expect them to gain, regain credibility right. if they are willing, if they are uh, an organization interested in surviving this period of history. If are they're they? not, and they're willing to just torch themselves, well, then that would be then then you would I, I, frankly then you y'all would be correct and I would be wrong. If Lael Brainerd was the FOMC chair, I'd be with you because Lael Brainerd is, is Davos through and through and is wants to destroy the United States and is a commie. I firmly believe all that. I don't believe that about private equity Powell. I don't believe it about Jamie Dimon. I don't believe it about Solomon at, at Goldman Sachs. And I don't believe it at, uh, about Citigroup either. I do believe it about Bank of New York Mellon. I do believe it about both of them. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, you go through bank by bank and you start to see the, you know, you can see the, the, the divide. I mean, well, Diamond was out there this morning. He said, everybody better get ready for the Fed being well above 5% Fed funds rate through 2024. It's necessary. Like, well, let, right let, on point on. with Powell, right on let's, point with Bullard. Let's talk about that divide then, because mm-hmm. if the market, at least for a while, continues to think that that's, and I'm talking, you know, broad spectrum, you know, brokerage houses, investment firms, hedge funds, everybody continues to think, you know, I guess <laughs> the conventional wisdom, if that's now, you know, if that's what I am, the, and that, and that you expect them to react the way they have in the past. What, I mean, what does the market then just keep bidding for, for 10 year treasuries? And does the yield curve invert two, 300 basis points? 
No, I don't think that at all. I think we're going to see. I, I think that we've already had a reversal on the on the yield uh, yield curve inversion. I think what has to happen now is that everybody has to realize that the Fed put is dead. We still haven't gotten critical mass on that, but when that once that happens, the long end of the yield curve is going to start to rise. Okay, let me ask. And you we're going to take European debt. We're going to take European debt higher. Okay, let me and, ask you. All right, hold on. Let me ask you another one then. Are uh, sure. we just extending this along? Because I, I, I honestly, I'm not, this is not some kind of like, you know me. I'm not, this is not some I, kind I'm of gotcha. Oh, you're not trying to trap me or anything, Craig. You go for it, dude. You do whatever you want. This is not some kind of gotcha thing. I'm just trying to just, I, I want to learn. I want to know what you mm -hmm. think. So, because I value your opinion. I want to keep walking down this, you know, next logical conclusion path. Sure. So, okay. So the Fed goes to six and the 10 year yield on the 10 year note goes to four and a half, five. Sure. And the line item on the national debt goes to a trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. And AOC and her crowd and everybody starts demanding, you know, because the, you know, the economy. How does that get absorbed? Um, how, how does the Fed, how does Jerry plant his flag and just stand there and take bullets from, from all sides? The same way that Volcker did. But man, that was 40 years ago. Debt to GDP was different. I mean, everything was different. I, I understand that. But it's, it, it's I again... The rate at which the world is de-dollarizing. Did you see the latest TIC report? Yeah, I was just yeah, looking at it yeah. this morning. The Chinese dumped thirty billion dollars right. with U.S. Treasuries. Isn't, so isn't and the they Fed bought thirty the, billion dollars worth of gold? Isn't the Fed the buyer of last resort? Well, yeah, but my point is, is that, but at the same time, you know who's been buying U.S. Well, not in October, but you know who bought U.S. debt all the entire time that the that the Chinese and the Japanese were selling last summer. Guess who was buying? The entire Euroclear system. Lagarde was in there buying treasuries to keep the treasury to keep treasury yields down because mm -hmm. she couldn't afford to have uh, German Bund yields rise. Right, and the German U.S. ten-year bond spread is this morning printed below one one thirty, one hundred thirty basis, a negative one hundred thirty basis points. She was holding it at one hundred and seventy to one hundred and ninety, not not six weeks ago. It's yeah. at one thirty and collapsing. <clears throat> She's defending the euro this morning or credit spreads, but you can't do both. The Fed can outlast all this. And then when the Fed needs to pivot, they can pivot. All they, all they have to do is stop. But I don't think they're going to, I don't think they can really afford to go and pivot before 6%. I think Lagarde bought herself enough time with the, you know, the attack on the, on the BOE and the attack on Credit Suisse, which I believe was Davos. Um, uh, the timing on that was just, was just too, you know, within five days, the BOE, the two major banking yeah. systems within Europe that are not, you know, in the European Union, the UK and 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 Switzerland were both attacked at the same time. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, and the Fed had to come in and and bail out, you know, uh, the uh, Credit Suisse and help the the SMB out there, who then posts a hundred and forty billion dollar loss because they're the biggest hedge equity hedge fund in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know. I, I think that the, the game is bigger than this. And the other, and, and the problem is, is if you start to really get the capital flight out of uh, a European assets, which Lagarde is desperately trying to hold that line, then we have a flood of, 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 of capital coming to the United States. So why I said Dow 40,000, I just put my 10 predictions out for 2023 last week. I think Dow 40,000, not because the Dow is structurally strong, but because of capital flight. Right, because the, the money has to go somewhere, and someone needs to 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 move into tangible assets without moving price very much. Right, you you understand you know, you know the, the big problem of big fund managers is that if you own, you know if you if you manage five thousand dollars, you can get in your 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 moving is no problem. You manage right. five right. billion dollars, and you've got a problem. Right. You can't move five billion dollars, 
And so now think about you know the trillions of dollars worth of mispriced assets, right? Last year we were at zero percent Fed funds rate, right? And everybody handicapping maybe one percent by the end of the year. Then everybody's sitting there going, "Okay, uh, I need to move a little bit to get the you know to move around." At the end of the year, we're at four and a half percent. Everybody this year is now forecasting that the Fed's going to go to five and stop. What if the Fed goes to seven? Are all those assets mispriced? Yeah. And is that not trillions of dollars worth of assets that need to be repriced? Yeah. And this time, do you think they're going to be held in Europe? Or do you think they're going to be, especially with what just happened on Capitol Hill, which is that we actually got a, an honest to God fight by the fiscal conservatives where they got concessions out of Congress. They, House just passed a bill this morning. When, We're saving $70 billion in spending in the Inflation Reduction Act for the IRS. That just went through this, the house this morning. Okay, I agree. Okay, now but, does Joe Man does Joe Manchin vote for that and stop Kamala Harris and that thing goes sails through for for Biden to veto? Yeah. Biden's screwed if he does that. <coughs> like Excuse me. we all the number everything's right there that we're starting to signal to the global markets that the U.S. is wanting to get its house in order. It's going to be slow. It's going to be painful. There's a lot of corruption on Capitol Hill. We still haven't gotten there yet. But if the signals are there, the money will flood into the United States. Even if only 5% of that money floods and comes into the United States, easily enough to move the Dow to 40,000 and offset, you know, and offset some, some, real, some, some other issues with the Fed going to 7%, uh, going, you know, raising slowly towards 7% by the end of the year. All right. I, that's, that's what I see. You no, know, that's a, you make a very compelling argument, and I think everybody listening, you've given them a lot to think about. I want, but I I want to just mm. in our remaining minutes, I want to double sure. back uh, to kind of where we started, mm -hmm. and and discuss whether other factors can drive our precious precious uh, and commodities in general outside of just what the central banks are doing. You know, and oh yeah, yeah, dollar yeah. index Absolutely. flopping around. Um, for example. You know, you were, I remember talking to you God, last summer, last year at this time, mm -hmm. you know, about how suddenly the ECB could really use a higher value of mm -hmm. gold because they have no other assets mm -hmm. uh, to keep them from being, you know, or at least fighting Solvable. insolvency. Um, but then again, we, you and I both know, I mean, the, the amount of physical metal stored and stockpiled around the world, you know, London, Shanghai, New York, and not just gold and silver, I'm talking lead, <laughs> aluminum, nickel. Yep. Copper. Copper. I mean, those stockpiles have been dwindling for a decade. Is there kind of a, a different kind of mix, more fundamental mix, I guess, is what I'm getting at, hmm. that could um, that we could really benefit from in the you know in the next 12 months and beyond? Hmm. That's a good question. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. I'm, I'm, I'd say that what I'm interested in at this point is seeing, I think that the world is gearing up for war. I think Martin Armstrong's uh, article that he put out yesterday, or is it this morning, uh, about inflation rates, uh, about inflation and interest rates and all of that stuff, and or in, uh, interest rates and war. I think it's very, very important uh, article for everybody to read because I think Martin's absolutely correct about this. People are beginning to move to tangible assets, and the worry that there's not going to be there's going to be big supply disruptions. So where the so the Chinese, let's let's look at what the Chinese have done in the last two months. When's the last time you remember the Chinese re, um, telling everybody that they've added to their gold reserves two months in a row? Right. 
15, 14, whatever, how long time ago? It was, it was, it was, it was 30 tons last month. It's 30 right. tons this month. But yeah. normally what they do is they just say, oh, we went from 500 tons to a thousand tons, or we went from a thousand tons to 1200 tons, you know, and then they, Good and they point. don't say anything for the next five years. Now they're, if they go three, uh, I was just thinking about this. If they go three months in a row or four months in a row with these kind of 30, you know, 30, 35 ton buys, you know, what are they, what are you saying? Like, what? Yeah, what they're saying is they are now gearing up and they are now changing their they're now signaling to the market that the the world has changed. Their attitude towards you know assets has changed, and now we'll see what that means, and we'll see how the market takes that. Um, so we have to be very careful. I, mean, I think I think that's one of the things that's going to um, push. And I think it pushes all the metals. I think it pushes the industrial metals. And I think it pushes the precious metals higher. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I'm not a huge fan of platinum, palladium. I think they're they're not. They're, neither of them are precious metals. I think they're both industrial metals. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even really think of silver as an industrial as a precious metal anymore. I think there's a precious metal and it's gold. And um, I think silver is mostly an industrial metal at this point. And so it's and I think it's the leading indicator even more so than copper is about where we're headed. So I think we can look at. I think we look for this year. Stagflation this year, 2024, yeah. a different story. I, I I don't know where we'll be at the end of this year, but if I'm right, I think stagflation this year, 7% terminal rate on the Fed funds rate. Maybe they stop before that at six to six and a half, something like that. But anything above five and a half, is, I'm, and I get to be correct on this one. Um, because everybody's, because every, the, the euro dollar futures market has been screaming Fed pivot between five and five and a quarter now for six months. Yep. Right. Go look at the euro dollar futures curve. Yep. It's sitting there at, in you know 94 85 plus or minus 10 basis points around between the march and september quarterly contract the, the june yep. uh, september quarterly contract for like four months now i think it's mispriced i also know that that's the day that libor ends right the june libor goes away and at the end of june so or at least for us yeah us dollar libor goes away at the end of june so at least as it uh, pertains to us debt so that may be the big trigger point and and that's the you know, kind of the, the thing on the horizon that would, that I'm now trying to steel man my own argument, right? So what would happen when LIBOR goes away? Will that be the pivot point more than anything else? It's possible. Um, I don't know. But I, I, I think we should, I just think we should continue to see that think that the Fed is not, not done until they've put the ECB behind an eight ball that they can't get out, out from behind. And and I should make sure everybody, I, I want to jump in and mention something to everybody that's been listening Mm -hmm. um we're actually recording this on tuesday the 10th okay so right. when i post this on thursday uh everybody will be listening to this with the hindsight of knowing what the latest cpi number is yeah yeah so, so let's yeah, be yeah, fair yeah, to yeah, tom yeah. and 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 me too because we don't know what that's going to show and we don't know how the bond market's going to react and how the mm -hmm. forex is going to react and everything else but again this is this is a bigger picture discussion but i don't i don't want anybody saying God, this guy's talking about the Fed news. Right. We just got this CPI of whatever. Uh, remember that I'm I'm expecting the CPI to fall for the next couple of months. I think we're going to start to get a turn in the CPI probably in Q2. Okay. I think that by then the the next wave the next up wave in industrial metals will start to and oil will start to gra grab yeah. will start to grab everything higher. Okay. And prices will get some cost push inflation along with the institutional confidence loss. And I think those two things together are going to, because, you know, 
If we get a second wave of inflation, everybody's going to be like, why in the hell is the Fed raising interest rates? Oh, my God, the problem's even worse than we thought it was. Yeah. And then Katie bar the door and people start rushing. And I could easily see, you know, a, uh, a, a not normal summer where gold goes up this summer, even after the Fed tries to do what it's normal March trash. Like The Fed always tries to trash gold in March of, at the March meeting, right, um, for the summer and then take all the the, mo- the momentum out of its sales and then you start to get a, a better uh, move. You start to get some recovery in the fall. But we could have a, a replay of 2020 or is it 2021 where we had the, the big rally in gold. Well, right? and it's that credibility thing that you talked about because that's, you know, I just mentioned it again this, this morning as I wrote uh, here on Tuesday morning. You know, everybody is waiting for, well, maybe the next time, you know, gold rallies and the mining shares rally and then they don't just immediately roll over. The Fed starts playing rhetorical peekaboo again. Right. You know, and, and and it gets to that credibility thing. You know, if, yeah, if well, the Fed doesn't, if they don't have any credibility left, then right. yeah. And so you've got that. And then you add add to that the um um the fact that you know COMEX stocks are low, LBMA stocks are low, yeah. gold trade is moving east. The the, the Chinese wanna, you know, want the Saudis to, you know, tender put oil tenders up on the Shanghai market, like and you know, hedge their their profits in gold on the yeah. on the international market. Like it, it's all right there, staring in the face. Yeah. And when the Chinese economy starts to roar back, it's going to put a big bid under oil. Yes. And, and that's going to put an upward pressure on metals prices as well, because you know the miners aren't going to be able to. I mean, yeah, I know they're hedged six months out in the future, and there's a six month lag on on you know on on between oil price changes and and the costs of the miners, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, you know, we start to get a, 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 an uptick in oil in April or May, right. You know, by the end of the year, the, the gold miners are going to be looking at all in sustaining cash costs that are $200 higher than what they thought they were. And then that's also going to push the price of gold higher. Like there's not going to be any argument at that point. So, you know, you're going to have both of those things happening at the same time. So. Well, I very much look forward to talking to you again. Not that I'd like, I wouldn't mind talking to you every day, but you're sure. busy um, and you've got your own stuff to do. Uh, I think we're going to have to check in again. Well, maybe uh, how about sometime after the March Fed meeting? Sounds you great. Know? That's a, that's a good time for the gold, for the gold market. Yeah. And that'd be right? fun to see, you know, with the next, that summary of economic projections. I laugh, you know, mm-hmm. they got all these indicators like the PMIs that are eight for eight in predicting recessions. The Fed is over eight. I mean, have you ever, have they ever? Mm-hmm. Said, oh, you know what? Next year is going to suck. We're definitely going to have a recession. We have a. Have a how about this, Craig? This is one of the things I'm thinking about for this month's Gold Goats and Guns newsletter, which is to say, um, can we even? Are we even allowed to have recessions anymore? It's a question we should be asking ourselves. <laughs> because you know, with the amount of G in our, you know, in in, in spending and in gross you know, in the in the in the in the GDP, you know, spending calculation, right? With the amount of G. Like they can create whatever they want. It's like bank balance sheets. At the end of the quarter, they book they they move some money around and they put some in this pile yeah. and they move some money in the other pile and then they they and they create whatever earnings they want, right? Well, it's the same thing with GDP. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at this point, like, when are we going to have a recession? When it's politically expedient for the Democrats for us to have a recession? Yeah, for it to actually let it happen, say it's actually happening. No, that's <laughs> well, true. Well, sad. So. Let's, uh, all right, I'm going to, just so everybody knows, we'll get back with Tom in about uh, 10, 12 weeks, something like that. 
Could be a, man, that's going to be a crazy year, my friend. And I just cannot. I mean, everybody listening goes, yeah, you can tell. Tom Tom knows what he's talking. He ain't no dummy. Um, again, TomLuongo.me, Gold Goats N, with just an N, guns.com, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, correct. Sign up, man. I just, again, this is just... Yeah, this is just a very important time to be thinking for yourself, and Tom will help you do that. My friend, all the best. Would you do me a favor? Yes, sir. If you can, uh, when we post this on Thursday, stop by the site a couple of times, log into your account, and and uh, if anybody's got any questions, maybe just shoot a couple answers. Do you think you can? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm yep. sure people, there's such thought-provoking stuff. I'm sure there'd be a couple of things that people would like some follow-up on. I'd appreciate it. I, no problem. I would, I'll be happy to. All the best, my friend, and uh, right. we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Be well. Bye-bye. From all of us at TFMR, thanks for listening. We'll do this again next week. Bye.